Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Music Nomad, our favorite guitar maintenance tool manufacturing masters. You should check them out on musicnomadcare.com or on social media with at musicnomadcare. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branson, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. Hello indeed. Hello, Matt Knight. And welcome. Welcome back, dear listener. Just the two of us this week, but that's that's okay. Um, and the two best ones. We've, <laughs> we, fi- we finally we finally made it. For for people, I guess a little bit behind the uh, behind the curtain, um, we should have started recording this an hour ago. Um, oh, but yeah. we've been <laughs> we've been diving into a world of um, well problems. Haven't yeah, we? I, I bought you a new interface, and it doesn't work properly. Is the uh... rubbish uh we won't we won't we won't slander anyone on this uh on this podcast but anyone listening who's got recommendations for a good audio interface hit us up uh we are after something with probably uh four four ins or more um rack mount is always good because it fits in with the aesthetic of things um but yeah after something that's you know good <laughs> i guess we would say <laughs> yeah um, that, that would that would be the thing that's different between what you're currently using <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's, it's bizarre like you know mm, I, mm. I think actually quite a, a slick product but yeah it just seems to uh seems to be riddled with problems unfortunately. yes indeed well i mean you know you, you mentioned looking for an interface um my uh my partner emma recently got a universal audio vault um oh, which and they're, they're very very good i included them in uh in a couple of reels that i did I, I, actually i'm, I'm gonna go off a tangent and talk about those very quickly um i did a, a couple of reels just to point out a couple of deals that we're doing at the moment because i realized that they that you only hear them if you're listening to the version of the podcast with ads and of course we have a big bunch of patrons who hear everything without ads now the only reason i'd include anything that's ad like topic in the podcast to them um, is because there are discount vouchers involved and it seems unfair to <laughs> to not let our, our patrons privy to, to those. So the reels I was making was actually for the, the, the long-time um, podcast um, 
partners, uh, Neural DSP and also um, Isotope um, Inc. Uh, we're working with both of those companies again. If you're if you're listening to the version of this podcast with ads, then on Neural DSP, I'm doing a little. I'm building a little track, a mini track every week using a different plugin to show you how versatile their plugins are. And with Neural DSP, they're doing we're doing thirty percent off any of their Ooh. plugins. That's a big old chunk, isn't it? Thirty percent off with code Guitar Nerds. Um, uh, uh, oh, one word. Yeah, Paul McCartney's expression. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's the. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's with discount code Guitarnas. You can get thirty percent off uh, any of the any of the existing neural DSP plugins. I think it might exclude like because they've got they've got some very new ones. The Tone King has just been launched, so I think potentially that's like a promotional one. So maybe that's excluded. But thirty percent off all their core products this week. I'm using the Pliny um, plugin to show you how versatile that can be for soundscapey stuff, but also for drivey stuff. That's very good. And with Isotope, which is what you listen to, dear listener, every week, because we we produce it and everything's edited and produced using all the Isotope plugins, you get 10% off any of their plugins with discount code NERDS10. And of, and of course, Isotope are now part um, of Native Instruments. And so that 10% applies to all of those Native Instruments plugins as well, which is rather good. Um, yeah, and and how are you finding the? So you know, you're saying doing some of the reels with the Vault. Obviously, that's an hmm. interface directly aimed at guitar players, right? It's, it's supposed to be the kind of what they're hundred. I think the starter one's like a hundred and forty-five quid. Yeah, yeah. I I, 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 do, I didn't realize it was aimed at guitar players. I guess it does have kind of some neat little uh, sort of buttons that give you kind of preamp tones uh suitable for guitars what it is is it's built for people who care about how things look like you know funny when you mentioned the rack mounting obviously that works for you matt because you've got a table that allows like a desk sorry that allows rack mounted bits mm. to go in but the thing i really like about the uh um about the ua vault series is that they've made them actually look good sitting on desks which is you know where people where people generally put them interfaces can look a little bit functional you know i actually think focus right do a good job by just by making theirs red and you know really they're quite bold and iconic but a lot of interfaces tend to just be pretty boring looking pretty functional piece of electronic equipment whereas with ua with the vault they've gone for like these lovely wooden end panels um, and depending on which one you go for, they've actually thought about the fact that if it's sitting on a desk, then actually having the controls on the front aren't very useful. Having the controls on the top would be a much better idea, and that's what they've done um, uh, with uh, with some of the Vault models. So, yeah, very, very good, very good. Yeah, I think, I think uh, for people getting into interfaces, getting into recording... Um, should I say actually probably a good little choice I mean the one at 145 quid um, looks quite nice and like I say if you're just using it plugging a guitar in and using it um, <clears throat> just a kind of uh, quick and cheerful way to uh, do some recording I think a, a kind of really nice um, really nice little little option yeah. Um, yeah. you know I think for me I'm kind of because I've got so much stuff I'm, I'm trying to have everything just like plugged in right uh, you know i think my biggest um you know it's getting into the habit of doing recording i think one of the things is sort of like to 
to have a better habit for that kind of thing, I think, is to like design your environment, make it as easy as possible, as quick as possible. And certainly, like, yeah, when I've got loads of like little synths or bits and pieces, being able to have everything uh, plugged in at once makes a, a big <laughs> makes a big difference because you can just be like, oh, I'll just turn this one on and this one on. So like, where you have to keep unplugging stuff and plugging stuff in, always just becomes a bit of a uh, pain in the in the backside well absolutely i think we've spoken about it before on the podcast about how that's you know conducive to to creativity is just to have something ready to go um Mm. for for ideas and things like that like even you know even with simple interfaces you can do that like uh like my my scarlet 2i2 which i use for most stuff here it, it has two inputs one of them is permanently plumbed into a mic that sits at my desk and the second one is permanently plumbed into a, a jack cable which is sort of wound around my table leg so i can just plug it into whatever guitar i'm sitting with and then you know normally just open up a daw and neural dsp yeah um, but it makes it you know that's that's what i like having a guitar that is just a jack cable away from, you know, being used in a DAW and having some plugins that you know your way around. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, again, I guess I'm plugging Neural DSP again there. But, you know, having things like Neural DSP that you know sound good and you have some saved presets that you know are ideal for whatever the normal situation is that you're going to be playing in and it just makes it great it makes it actually you know you can come up with stuff on the fly which is Mm. important for me when i've got to come up with a like a new track every week for for adverts and you know occasionally for the patreon song and things like that and anything else i do i have to think of uh, like 
I tend to just sit there, get like um, addictive drums too, pick from their like dry beats. They have genre specifics ones. I normally grab something from the punk pop section, just play a little loop and just sit there with a the guitar trying to come up with mini progressions that I can then build on. <laughs> Time has come on this week's podcast to hear some gear, so let's check out some of the complete guitar amplification and effect solutions available from Neural DSP and their plugins. We've teamed up with Neural DSP a bunch over the last year or two. Matt and I are big fans of what they do, and we'd like you to become part of that. So use discount code GUITARNERDS at NeuralDSP.com for 30% off, a whopping 30% off any of their plugins. Worth noting, you get a 14-day free trial with any of their plugins with no credit card required so if you just want to see what all the fuss is about you've got a whole two weeks on them uh, with any of their amps and effects now this week i'm checking out the pliny plugin suite pliny is one of the most innovative and refreshing electric guitarists of our generation his distinct sound combines an unusually wide variety of styles progressive fusion and metal all with impressive fluency and elegance neural dsp uh, designed these plug-in amps a bit differently for Pliny. They engineered his dream amps and effects from the ground up to perfectly cover the vast dynamic uh, tonal range that his music requires. These amp designs were then obsessively modelled with extreme accuracy. The result is three refreshingly new amplifiers, a crystal clear clean, a tight and articulate rhythm amp, and a powerful and defined lead amp. Virtual amplifiers that are not only unique but can also excel in their styles. Here's a track I built using only presets. Presets from the Pliny Suite and a bit of synth in there and drums. Perfect for elegant soundscape tones, super cleans and some great 80s lead tones too. check out for 30% off any of their amp and effects plugins yeah yeah I think um, you know and I guess things like that vault make it make it nice and easy I think that's why as well so many uh, interfaces you see now are kind of like class compliant so you know you can plug them into a um, you know you can plug them into an iPad or you know a phone yeah yeah um, in fact that's one of the things I uh, as a, as a kind of uh, treat to myself, since I've been doing nothing but 
uh, saving up for a wedding, um, I bought a secondhand iPad mini, one of the new ones. I've been using it for like taking loads of notes, but also really there was loads of cool music apps that I'd seen come out over the last couple of years, like for actually like making noises and stuff and synths. And I was like, oh, you know, I think that's quite cool. So I've, I've got that and been sort of messing around with a few apps uh, on that of course brian eno has an app so you know had to had to download that <laughs> what, what is the um, brian eno app? so the brian eno app is called 10 worlds and um it takes a form of his um i guess he was the one that coined it but generative music where basically um you you kind of give a computer i guess a set of rules or values to follow and then right. you just let it so it's do its, ai do music its thing yeah i guess so i think the idea is that it never really repeats itself um so taking on a more advanced and, and i guess in a way digital form of frippertronics you know which is several tape loops of different lengths and times you know all playing back at different speeds and they will meet and cross over and uh run together at, at different points but it will take a very long time for it to come back round to the beginning if right. you see what i mean I, I understand so uh yeah he's so he was saying things like i'm sure i said in an interview and it's like okay we'll play a c every four bars um but then you put a randomizer on it so if it plays a c it might also play this particular note for example where this his app takes forms of that but it's touchscreen so you know you might press somewhere on the screen and it'll play a note and then you press somewhere else and it'll play a note but then they'll they'll loop round um and they're all built to like different scales and keys so you don't necessarily know what note you're hitting they all work together um <laughs> but it, it's very cool it's very so cool no, for, no skill required so sort of no thing. skill required which is perfect perfect for me <laughs> um but uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of cool stuff and music apps. So if, again, if anyone's got any recommendations, I'm always keen to check them out. But sort of music making apps, I forgot. You know, when you like purchase apps, obviously you purchase them for life, and then you're like, yeah, oh, I forgot I bought these. Like I think I bought like the uh, Chaosolator. Uh, it was great. The Chaosolator was yeah, yeah. That um, was all over an old Polymath album. The Chaosolator app. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I also downloaded the. I've got like a Moog. I think they're like Annie Moog one. Which there was is cool. a point, wasn't it, where where Moog made their one of their apps free, wasn't it? That was mm. just, I can't. Remember. I think it was the, the start of lockdown. So that's what happened, wasn't it? The start of lockdown. Everyone just made everything. All, all apps became free for a brief a brief time. Yeah. So I think um, I think I've got one of those, and yeah, just been trying a few uh, a, di- a few different things. But uh, yeah, very. Um, just again a nice little creative tool and actually something to just make music on that you don't necessarily have to plug in if you don't want to um <laughs> which i kind of like it's i think it's always nice to have an easy way to make music whether you're going to record it or not it's kind of nice to uh hmm. you know just have a kind of few music making tools i mean i've got like a physical chaos later as well and just you know loads of fun Remember the, da- remember the days when everyone had a chaos pad and you'd be oh, like... Oh, yeah, that everyone had them duct taped to the front of their guitars. Remember when Ibanez released uh, the, the bass and the guitar with a little yeah, cutout? God, for no, the- it was funny because it had a cutout for the I 
the uh, Chaos Pad Mini 2, didn't it? Yeah. So I think they were 189 quid. And I think the Chaos Pad was 99 quid on its own, but it had no... Did it have a humbucker in it? I can't remember. Yeah, definitely. The, the, yeah, the guitar one, one just humbucker. had one bridge humbucker. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then just went straight out into a... Uh, <laughs> into a uh, into a mini chaos pad. I, I am glad Ibanez did that. As weird as that product was, I'm glad someone sort of uh, just went for it. Went, you know what? We're going to make affordable and accessible chaos pad guitars. Yeah, I just think again, chaos pad. You know, Korg have had some fantastic, some fantastic products over the year. I mean, obviously, God knows how many micro Korgs yeah. they they <laughs> sold. But yeah, there was a point where everyone had a had a micro cork i mean pick a preset and write a song away you go yeah yeah exactly they um, they actually they sent me something recently can i see it i can't remember where i put it oh is that it no that's not it i can't find it they sent me uh they've done this new like um you know the little um the tiny little synths that they do the mini ones that have oh, like a, the, a um, magnetic strip sort of uh Oh, what do they call them? Volker. But yeah, those, those things. They've made a kit uh, version of that, like one you can assemble yourself. Um, and because it has an in and an out on it, you can use it as a as a guitar effect as well. Right. Um, so so yeah, so I've been meaning to put that together actually. Um, they've sent me that through and said you know maybe put it together and plug a guitar into it so i've been meaning to do that but you know whenever i have to do a thing like build a thing that's not what i'm good at you know i i, I bought some pickups three years ago that i still haven't you know soldered into a guitar so it's, <laughs> you know it's, it's that's not what i do I, I need other people to do that but for me i will get around to it i will get around to it it will be good yeah, it's uh, that's always the thing, isn't it? It's actually finding the time to put this stuff together. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then it, and then it doesn't work, and then you're just like, oh, I give up. Yeah, and and also tricky for me to find the time because I've had to really improve my sports uh, sort of knowledge and interaction recently. Since you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh yeah, I want to get into baseball, which I do mostly down to the flannels. <laughs> Uh, the the jerseys or whatever they call them, um, you know, saying that I, I, I'm going to support the Philadelphia Phillies and stuff. I I've had a stream of messages from people. Mo- don't most- support the Phillies. <laughs> no, mostly being positive. I think the people that don't support Philadelphia haven't messaged me, but uh, um, I, I should I should check how many people have cancelled their subscriptions actually to see what the uh, <laughs> what the <laughs> what you guys. But but I've had a stream of messages from people. Um, you know about that so i was like oh i really actually am gonna have to do that now so you know and a good thing the philadelphia phillies won yesterday eight to seven against the detroit tigers which is good i don't know much about detroit but um (laughs) i do know that robocop comes from there so if i don't know if he's playing for them at the moment but you know not not if if what robocop yeah he could be (laughs) You know, so so that that was that was good. You know, good for good for us. But yeah, anyway, anyway, let's uh, move on to talk about some guitar stuff. I got sent some cool things this week, Matt. Some very cool things. Um, talk, talk me through it, Joe. What have I, you got? What have you got? Well, first of all, let's talk about let's talk about the Reeves Electro um, Black Hat Sound Fuzz. 
um, that I picked up after I had Blake on the podcast a few weeks ago. Blake was like, "You've got to check out, you know, this uh, dear listener. You'll remember this. Um, you've got to check out the uh, this this Black Hat Sound Fuzz, or, or just Reeves Electro in general." And we did on the site, and and I I spoke um, to the chap at Reeves Electro afterwards and got sent this wonderful fuzz. My goodness, Matt, if you've not checked them right now, uh, you you should visit real time with me now visit their instagram because yes i so i I became aware of this brand through that pedal show so marcus marcus reeves right yes that's right um and i was on uh, i'm on his website and where was it i think let me just Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The Music Production Suite 4.1 and complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. There was like a purchase thing. It's like, here's some pedals that you can purchase. And it says how to buy. And and this is this is uh, this is how hard I think they're going to be to buy. Uh, I open my store every few months for 24 hours. This is called Waitlist Wednesday. Placing an order secures your place in the waitlist. The wait time is always shown in the blue banner. Uh, until that, all pedals will show out of stock. Uh, yeah. I know this sounds drastic, but I can't keep up otherwise. And uh, I'm not surprised because when you see him put stuff together, so he built a pedal on that pedal show. He put a kit together. And uh, yeah, they're just, they're like works of art. They're uh, they're unbelievable. Amazing. They're- Dear listener, if you check them out on Instagram, where you can see the gut shots, uh, oh, essentially of the gut uh, shot. well, exactly of the of the pedals, they're they're unbelievable. They are tapestries inside there. I've never seen point to point soldering like it. You know, it's, uh, it's incredible. A lot of, work. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly don't have the time, effort, 
or patience uh, to ever uh, do something like that. But yeah, absolutely, just yeah, amazing work, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the one the one we got the um, uh, the the black hat sounds is very much his version of the Mark One tone bender tone bender. And my goodness, my goodness, it sounds absolutely absolutely fantastic i can't really how do you like it's difficult to describe fuzz without using all those kind of those words that don't really mean anything i know well this is the this is the the thing isn't it it's like how do you how do you describe a fuzz you know i mean when they make when the first fuzzes were made they were like it makes this sound and no one had ever heard it or used it used it so it's like uh and of course now it becomes you know it's like oh it's spitty or you know spluttery or it yeah you know oh it's yeah. you know woolly. sags like this and it's yeah. woolly and i yeah i don't know i i guess um it's very very difficult and I, and I think the thing is is that it can vary so much the parts used you know the obviously the transistors make a really big difference as well and i think the great thing about reeves as far as i know is just the quality of the components hmm. that yeah. are that are being used um, on this, I think that particular one uses these uh, what they call "quote unquote" black hat transistors, T U N yes. black hat transistors from the seventies. Um, yeah, super rare, new old stock. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, these transistors terrible for audio, uh, but actually <laughs> work very well in the situation that they're they're needed in. I think is what a lot of people have said um, said before. So. Uh, yeah, I th- these. I mean, again, these just do look fantastic. Really, really uh, good. Really. I mean, it's it's a premium priced fuzz pedal. You'd expect it with the the the, the craftsmanship and also the 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 bits used to to make the pedal. But three hundred and twenty five Great British pound sterling uh, for the Black Cat sounds. <laughs> I've I've not heard a fuzz like it. Like it's it's difficult to fuzz is such a well worn path. You think this is going to be good, but you know there's probably also a hundred and fifty pound fuzz that you know, sounds also great. Yeah, I think nothing um, sounds like this. I think you have to take every fuzz pedal in its own for its in its own bubble. Right. You know, I think it's so difficult sometimes to compare one fuzz to another because they're all you know very different. I was talking to uh, Thorpey about the. Uh, the Boneyard, which is his take on the tone bender, and you can get yeah. all of the different types of um, tone benders in one pedal, and how different that might sound to the Boss TB2W. And everyone takes a different approach to how you build the circuit. And interestingly, you know, there's so little, comp- so many, so few components that the components that you choose and the way you build them makes such a difference to the output. Um, you know, I think they've got like a tone bender's got like eight components in it. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you think exactly. um how how much difference, you know, the smallest change could make. Um I honestly I think one of the things that I see on there, I mean, totally impractical for a pedal board, but I absolutely want one, is his uh, original spec um fuzz face. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, in, in they a do big that circular with, box. Yeah, with the Texas Instruments BC one eight three transistors. Um, I five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, eh. You know, do, it's you, worth you should it. Do it. You should do it. We spent more um, on the on the um the automatons. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, I'm I'm keen to try the uh, the vintage fuzz that you've got, especially mm. I like the ones with the bias control. It's always yes. nice to get a few a few options. Um, you know, I've been trying. You know, seeing a lot of people talking about treble boosters, and I'm sort of got my big board at the moment, and I'm like using the um, I'm using the uh, Roadrunner from uh, Echoline. Yes. So I'm using that as my kind of low drive. It's just so good. I mean, it won Gear of the Year, what, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's... Oops. You've... Sorry, I've got a problem with my microphone there, Joe. Oh. Is, is, is it fixed now? It is fixed. Uh, yeah, so it won, what, Gear of the Year, like seven years yeah, ago. a long time ago. Um, and still still using it now. I'm using the uh, Chase Bliss Bliss Factory for kind of all the weird stuff. Uh, although it does some of the normal stuff as well. And then the FZ2 for the kind of Octava-type fuzz. And I'm like, I was using various drive pedals for like a sort of mid gain drive i guess but actually i'm thinking right. maybe i need something like a booster or you know a um a treble boost to kind of actually just using the front of any of those to kind of change the um the overall feel and actually today i'll just grab it i've been messing around with and i think we talked about it a little bit when i got it but i've been messing around with the grouter audio focus ah uh, the F-O-K-U-S, Focus. Yes, focus you mentioned K. it briefly, but we haven't really gone into it in, in any detail. How are you finding it? Because this, this pedal interests me. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the nice thing is, is it's not only got the um, volume, obviously just the big knob that says boost on it, and the fact that it's also uh, in uh, a wonderful pink, uh, you know, because everything he's sent, sent us recently has been in pink. <laughs> it's um, It's got bass and treble controls in yeah, it. Yeah, which, um, which I really like because it's nice to be able to kind of shape a little bit of, um, of your tone that way with a boost. So you can use the boost on its own. Obviously, you can use it in conjunction with a drive pedal. Um, so it's uh, just a completely clean and transparent boost. So loads of high headroom because it's got an internal voltage doubler um but then yeah you've got a 15 db um sort of boost or cut on the bass and treble as well so as they say you know you can give like a muddy neck humbucker some clarity uh, or you can just sort of really boost the tube amp and i think that's kind of nice to add a bit of bass and treble especially if i'm going to use it in conjunction with um something like the road runner very cool to kind of go oh well you know if i want more drive without a different drive pedal. I just want to boost the front end, yeah. sort of crank the boost because obviously you're going to never use it on its own. Perhaps you're always going to have something else as a master volume after it, and then um, you know give it a bit more bass or treble and sort of boost it up. So yeah, been messing around with that, which has been very very cool. But yeah, I always thought maybe I go for a a boost rather than sort of a mid gain drive and use that in front of um, something like the Road Runner or I I always factory. think that's a that's a good way of like getting something extra out of those pedals like preamps that you're running into other stuff later is yeah it's exactly how I do sort of drive for bass like having uh, having a preamp you know at the end of the chain which is kind of just live livening everything up a little bit driving stuff a little bit and then mm -hmm. having your 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 drive before that that's going to kind of slam into that preamp and just. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great way of doing, of keeping your sound coherent, I think, but still giving yourself subtle, different voices. Yeah, 
I think one thing that I'm certainly finding myself doing more and more now, which I never really did before, is just use the volume control on your guitar, which I know sounds really? so obvious, huh. but well, yeah, it's I not just... something I've ever got into at all. I don't, I don't really understand how to do it sort of thing without the different the differences being too vast to ever work in a band situation you know yeah i think um i think for me i've just i've kind of really enjoyed um just going well i mean obviously i'm not really playing in a band but you know sort of playing around at home and just finding a sound and and especially on things like the um you know you've got so much variation in the drives that i've got you know the roadrunner goes from kind of i can get it from fairly heavy to just a kind of a boost you know the fz2 you can get kind of that more ring modulatory octave up with really low gain by rolling back the volume and um with the bliss factory because it's a you know fuzz factory with uh chase bliss engineering obviously you can just do all sorts of wild things hmm. um so yeah definitely sort of you know messing around with that a little bit more which is why things like this reeves pedal intrigue me because again you know your volume uh plays such an important part in how the pedal reacts well yeah exactly i mean you know even on the pedal itself because the two controls obviously other than the 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 bias switch essentially the the two controls are volume and and a bias rotary um and and i was versatile is never something you're going to call a fuzz so i'll I'll sort of stop short of describing it as versatile but i was surprised considering the simplicity of controls about how many different tones i could get out of it and how good just getting getting the, the bias like right down to virtually zero and and really hammering the volume as much as your amp will allow and getting this lovely organic it was like a spluttery fuzz but i don't mean it was gated ish but not like gated not like not like uh fuzz factory gated it wasn't like a modern gate it was a really sort of uh, just (laughs) the only way i can describe it but like just very very lovely super gaty spluttery fuzz in a gorgeously vintage way rather than the modern way Hello and welcome back to One Hot Minute, the segment where each week I take a minute of your podcast listening time to demo a piece of gear that I'm excited about. This week I'm checking out the brand new Worm 2 distortion from KMA Audio Machines. The Worm 2 is an updated version of the KMA Worm, packing an HM2 style distortion pedal into a neat little enclosure with top mounted jacks. And now in the traditional black and orange colour coding of the pedal that inspired it. The Worm 2 really takes the HM2 style distortion to the next level. They've added two additional bands of EQ in low and high mids, so tailoring your tone is much easier and a fair, and I find when you're dealing with as much high gain as there is in this sort of a pedal, then really having the ability to shape things is very important. They've also included a handy little switch to switch between EQ voicings for the pedal. One HM2 style with uh, kicked mids, and one KMA style with a broader, deeper palette for easier tone shaping without so much gnarliness and one stacked hm2 and kma voicing for some wildly oscillating metally madness in this sound clip i've used a mix of all three voicings running a harmony silhouette with many humbuckers into a neural dsp Corey wong clean amp preset in my daw 
The Worm 2 is the only effects pedal in the chain. I've added no post-EQ, no reverbs, no delays, no extra bass or keys. The Worm 2 is doing all the heavy lifting and doing a great job of it. Worm 2, an absolute blast for anyone looking for that thick, fat, versatile, classic distortion tone with added bells and whistles and a neat footprint for modern pedal boards. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Mm. No, it sounds really good. I look forward to uh, stealing it from you at some point, Joe, <laughs> yes, and, yes. Uh, and trying it out. Again, you know, I, I sort of going through all my pedals the other day, just going... I have got way more drive pedals than anything else, but I just love... It's because I've, you know, fixed on, you know, a delay pedal and, you know, a couple of things that I always have. And I'm just like, yeah, I just always like being able to vary things with with fuzz and drive. And every time you plug one in, like you say, it works with different guitars and things like that. The, the only issue I always have is... Um, you know, I love playing my Music Man so much, but my Music Man's active, so it's got a preamp, so the impedance that comes out of the guitar is not the impedance or kind of thing. Those sort of pedals need to see, like, passive pickups needs to be, like, first thing in the yeah. chain, realistically. Um, so, you know, just have to use a different guitar, um, which is, you know, no no big thing, but that's the only thing that I'm always like, oh, it'd be great to use the Music Man, just because I love playing that guitar so much. What, uh, what um, guitar are you playing at, at the most at the moment? Actually, at the moment, um, I've been playing my Huber, my my mm. Krautster with the, the Sunbear pickups, which is tuned down half a step. Um, but after the... Uh, after several listens of the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album, uh, Joe, I have to say that I must play my Back Strat again. Strat. Yeah. Back on the Strat. Um, you know, for listening to that record, uh, and I'm sure there's lots of people probably, lots of listeners probably groaning, and maybe there's a few people the same as me, but at 15, uh, that band, you know, unlike, you know, old uh, Marky P and Jay Cross, like listening to punk, you know, I was very much into whoever's on the front of Kerrang! magazine. Um, and, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers for me, John Frusciante especially, obviously being one of the main reasons that I, you know, I love playing guitar. And then for him to leave the band for a second time. Or oh, a third time, wasn't it? Oh, uh, second time. Okay. They left the band in 92 and then again in 2007. Right. Um, you know, and then you just go, oh, that sort of band is dead to me it's just, you know it's just, it's harsh but you know and Josh Klinghoffer great guitar player um, and definitely a creative guitar player and done some amazing stuff with uh, you know John Frusciante and solo work and stuff like that but the band's never felt the same it's not the same band that I grew up listening to and then for that band to play a gig three days ago the first gig they've played with John Frusciante since 
August 2007. Wow. And you think, <laughs> how much has changed in like 15 years? And you listen to that and I just go, oh man, it's just, I never thought it would happen again. Uh, and for them to write new music. And, and you know, there's some average tracks on the album, but there's just some, <laughs> there's some wonderful stuff from John Frank. And you just go, is it, is it, is it, you're amazing. getting more, more of his, cl- that classic, uh, trebly lazy messy sort of yeah, strat, it's just, strat and telly tone it's just great I think I, that I'm sure there's lots going to come out now with him like I'm sure there's going to be more interviews in magazines and stuff yeah, and I'm yeah. sure all that sort all that sort of stuff's going to going to come out now but there was an interview quite a while ago before the record was even sort of announced that he was just oh, I'm trying to you know bring everything back to basic and basically just play a strat and that's all anyone's See, that's all he's played so far. Oh, really? Just into, the strat? A strat into um, into a pedal board, into um, into two marshals. And interestingly, uh, and this is why I'm keen to see, his board is very different. Well, not very different. It's, it's got some of the core things that he had on it before. Uh, DS2 being one of them, big part of his main drive sound. Ooh, how about that? Uh, Ibanez W10Wah has been. Yeah, his that's main always wah. been there. That's that. He, he's keeping that pedal going. I think. Yeah, right? and um, you know, I think uh, still got. I think he's got the Face Nineties had that on there for ages. Um, interestingly, on his board. Uh, that was at this gig is a DD five hundred from from Boss, so we'll definitely have to see. I had no, uh, you know, I unfortunately had no help in getting that pedal, so be very keen to see what he's doing with it. But all over the record, all over the record is a Boss C one. Really, that's, that's right. At the, it looks like right at the end of the chain, C one out into two amps. Um, and he's had a C one on his board for a while. He had a C one back in the 90s for like Californication and stuff like that but all over the record is like C1 um, and it just sounds and amazing no, no, we're not talking about the, the you mean the, the proper big the proper the proper big boy um, yeah so um, certainly going to be that seems to be like the main part of his sound in some things I've, I've heard he's got an SD1 a DS2 a C1 and a DD500 <laughs> <laughs> so um into two marshals but a great example of just like yeah i sort of run my marshals loud they're sort of relatively clean and all my drive comes from a ds2 <laughs> well and, and, to, you know why why wouldn't you have all your drive coming from a, a pedal oh, exactly. Le- leave, leave your amp to do the clean stuff well and, yeah uh, exactly yeah. so um i thought that's kind of cool and then I, I was actually listening to some nirvana um and i was just like man you know, so much of that is like DS1, and you're just like, it just sounds so aggressive and so angry and so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see some of the stuff that that comes out. Obviously, now that he's back, you know, inevitably lots of um, interviews and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure will come I'll out. About certainly, his rig. certainly, be interested to see what is what his rig is moving forward. And you know, some of his guitar choices through the years have been fantastic. I always loved. Um, he had his he was he had his two strats one his rosewood and maple necked um samba strats but he had a matching telecaster as well which i i just always thought whenever he was playing that at live shows the tone was markably brasher 
cut through better, more aggressive. I, it was a shame he, only, he used it so infrequently because I just thought it was his best sounding guitar. And of mm. course, of course, the uh, the Gretsch White Falcon, oh, uh, which he, only, uh, he barely just, looks like he can get his hands around. It's such a huge guitar and he slings so low as well. It, it yeah. just looks funny on him, but it's uh, a yeah. great guitar. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see see that. But on the uh, on the other side of actually uh, recent pedal boards, Joe, uh-huh. I saw Thundercat last night. Um, I booked this gig in November <laughs> 2019. Oh my goodness! I can't believe they kept the tickets rolling for that uh, long. Yeah, so it moved. It's moved four times. Wow. Uh, where did you go? Then. Where Where was uh, that? Well, it was supposed to be at the Roundhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And it ended up being at Brixton Academy, which oh, that's that's a that's a bet. Uh, the Roundhouse it's, it's is fantastic. It's a big venue, the and prob- it's, but I like the Roundhouse. I love the Roundhouse so. too. If you get there early enough to not be behind the second pillar, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the pillar. The, the pillars are a problem. It's not just the pillars, but dear listener, if you've not if you've not been to the Roundhouse in London, one of the biggest problems it has is. For, for shows, you know, most of you, you're going to be in the pit. You're going to be on that that ground floor, you know, the the, the stalls, as it were. You'd be obviously they're standing shows, but in the roundhouse, there's a second tier of seating up top, and if you are far back enough in the stalls that that second tiers come over your head, it will ruin. I don't know what it does to the sound, but it's almost like everything disappears unless you were in front of that second tier. You can hardly hear a thing, and you certainly can't see a thing because um, it's not it's not staggered at all that that ground level. So it's uh, mm. it's like get there early and hold your place because yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So so finally saw Thundercats. This is the third time I've seen Thundercat. First time uh, was about six years ago. So kind of relatively early on. I think maybe it only had the second album out by that point. Uh, second time was a, a sort of surprise appearance with Kamasi Washington again at, at Brixton Academy, um, which was cool. And then, yeah, this time was was the trio, and obviously he's experienced a little bit more success since then. Um, but I saw I sort of knew what I was in for because it's three incredible, incredible jazz musicians who have basically got the opportunity to let loose for two hours. Um, and of course, if you listen to his records, you know, it's this great jazzy R&B, soul, funk, you know, amazing production. You know, it's got that real, like loads of stuff on the Brain Feeder label. It's got that, this great feel about it. And there's some great songs, I think one of which found loads of fame on Instagram as kind of like a meme. And <laughs> they played none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually remember the last time you went to see them, Matt, and you spoke about exactly this on the podcast. Yeah, I How, um, sorry, go on. You 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 did. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it was, it was basically you could tell. So after the first thirty minutes, I would say I probably saw a hundred people leave. Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad and I I really think, nerds, you need to check out musicnomadcare.com. We've spoken about all their wonderful guitar maintenance products on the podcast and and I really can't emphasise how important it is to look after your gear and how easy Music Nomad make that for you with things like their their how-to advice centre and their setup hub. Music Nomad have been around for a little over 10 years and in that time they've become one of the most recognised brands for guitar tech gear. They're available worldwide in every guitar store you can think to name, and it's for a good reason. 
All their products are professional-grade quality. Every tool and even the cases the tools come in are designed for proper, rugged, on-the-road use. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad as they are redefining and raising the bar for equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare. (laughs) Because there was a lot of people there and I'm trying, you know, unfortunately judging books by covers here, I think a lot of people had heard his records and gone, oh, they're going to be really good. And... They, they were not did. jazz fans. They, I mean, again, and I told this story like the first time I saw him, they came on and they played a few chords on his in six string bass, which we'll talk about in a minute, and then proceeded to solo on said bass for about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it is some of the most virtuoso, shreddy bass playing you'll ever hear. And not only that, you've got, you know, a proper gospel drummer, you know, like a kind of Thomas Pridgen style drummer, just absolutely hammering the drums. And then a guy with five keyboards. <laughs> it was also <laughs> like, if you watch this, Dennis Ham is the keyboard player. If you watch him on Instagram, he's like always talking about like all these crazy chord progressions and they just let loose. And I think people were like, when does the song start? <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing and I, I was you know there was lots of people there that were like obviously really enjoying it myself included but then yeah when they did play the songs like people went mad but he'd play like the first two minutes and then just go into like a free form like solo section for ages um and i don't think to be honest the brixton academy was the best venue for it oh really his, oh, sort of base, his base got lost a little bit in the mix I, I i thought but overall just an incredible incredible performance i think yeah a lot of people didn't necessarily a lot of people went to dance and there's not a lot of dancing when there's uh jazz fusion at like 200 bpm sort of going <laughs> on in the background um but amazing yeah he played a He's still playing his ibanez tcb yeah so uh, he's 1006 so, and as far as I could tell, it was in a sparkle cherry sunburst. So it looked like a Les Paul, but when it caught the light, it sort of like sparkled. And his whole pedal board on a desk. <laughs> so it's like he's had nothing on the floor. I don't, I don't think I saw him tune his bass once. Um, and uh, he never changed bass. It's the same bass the entire gig. Wow. And uh, he has basically a Moog low pass filter which does like all of the kind of funky auto stuff and a pog from what i could tell into like an aguila head um and the pog is on i would say 80 percent of the time so effectively he's playing a guitar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for most of it but uh, yeah it was amazing i mean the the, the musicianship just incredible but just such a unique sound Let's, for uh, so much of it let's talk about that guitar because it is that bass stroke guitar because it is a- absolutely mad i mean for a start you know it's it's the ibanez tcb 1006 um it's you know, that's the thundercat bass mostly it's pretty much only available in what ibanez call autumn leaf burst matte so it's it's a satin cherry sunburst essentially um six string bass retails at around six thousand eight hundred pounds 
for this place. I mean, it does come strung with Labella deep talking flats and a six string set of Labella deep talking flats are uh, uh, seventy five thousand pounds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's got it's got some mad features on it. Like it has its own. It takes a a, a thirteen pin MIDI um, jack to for for the for the piezo pickup as well for the piezo selector in there and uh one of the one of the controls is is midi assignable essentially so he can control things off of a button on the guitar which might be a reason behind not having anything on on which is weird because i don't think he plugged it it must be for studio work because i'm I'm pretty sure he plugged into no roland synth gear or any sort of 13-pin synth gear while it was there. I'm pretty right. sure it was just a cable out, a standard cable out into some pedals. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, it even has a separate volume control on there to bring in the MIDI, uh, bring in and out the MIDI, as well as volume for the piezo. And, of course, two separate volumes for the two humbuckers that he has uh, loaded on the guitar. Um, weirdly enough, like he plays with a ramp. So the, the, a piece, for, for, if you're not familiar, if you, I'm not sure how familiar guitarists are with the concept of a ramp. It's a very bass player thing, but it's a wooden block, um, that goes in between the two humbuckers to add more kind of surface area. If you're a finger style player, um, so that you can play more quickly, essentially, uh, because your fingers are past have uh, are traveling less far through the string before you can retain it's it's boring it's boring but uh, <laughs> he he has one fitted on all his bases doesn't come on the uh on the tcb 1006 and and i'll be honest with you for seven thousand pounds for an ibanez <laughs> where's my ramp <laughs> what a ramp <laughs> um it's funny actually i remember talking to one alderette about uh about that and he was like oh i played that bass it weighs about 15 pounds <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's um, too much weight. It does look as if it must surely weigh something like that. That's uh, despite the fact that it's a hollow body, it's just a massive base. Yeah, um, you know, it's again. I just think it's that you can't deny the level of musicianship with so many of these like gospel and church musicians that are coming out of the US. It's just like an un paralleled amount of musical just musicalness i don't know those guys just do nothing but play music it's all they live and breathe yeah and they're just the guy the people that come out of it just incredible well i think incredible you you listen to a lot of sort of new soul and and modern jazz um matt don't you as well and Mm. i i I listen to a a fair old chunk of that sort of thing because i listen to a lot of ethio jazz and i think that that crosses over into that same sort of thing um and you know dear listener if you want to check out you know anything like that i i thoroughly recommend the band ill considered from this sort of thing there were there were wonderful crossover between the sort of thing that matt's talking about and the the stuff that i like they actually they released an album um this this year um called liminal space and uh, it's one of the best things i've ever heard um there is a there is a track on the record with a saxophone solo through a wah pedal and it might be the greatest thing to ever be recorded so i i I thoroughly recommend checking that out the ill-considered is the band liminal space is the record um they've got a new bass player for for this album and uh, whilst a lot of their tracks are jammed they normally on previous albums they'll just jam things so their bass player normally picks something to loop and the the drums will play along 
and then the horn section just sort of jam on top of that. They've made songs for the first time, and and the the new bass players. Are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good start. They've written stuff with sections for the first time, um, but it's great. The bass player is is made a, a huge. I, I should really know his name because he's fantastic, wonderful addition of like actual effects. Like he uses a lot of synth, a lot of synth bass. Uh, there's a lot of octave going on. Uh, on on his base, and it's made made all the difference to actually have someone trying to move stuff around beneath these incredible, you know, virtuosic saxophone solos. But it's nice to have some coherence underneath it that's not just a looped progression. So definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, so it's been um, it's been a good week for music. On top of that, um, also working my way um, for the umpteenth time through the new Meshuggah album. Oh, um, yes, of course. I, I don't think it's an album, is it? It's an equation. Guitar Nerds are sponsored by Reverend Guitars, and we're pretty happy about that. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that we've been big fans of Reverend for years now, and we're continually impressed by the constant stream of new guitars and basses they bring to the table. The things that stand out to me is their signature range. Reverend have a roster of really interesting top-notch players who all seem to bring something completely unique to their signature model. None more so than the legend Greg Cock, now on his second guitar, the Gristle 90, following the Gristle Master. The Gristle 90 is a beautiful, tasteful blend of a classic T-style guitar with Firebird-esque aesthetic and a pair of wildly articulate P90s courtesy of Fishman and their Fluence series of pickups. It's a first versatile modern instrument with gorgeous alternate dimension classic looks great color options and quality buildsmanship check it out and the entire range at reverendguitars.com an equation yeah <laughs> um but again you know it seems to be a lot of music came out on april 1st mm. um surprisingly um yeah immutable and it is um absolutely bloody fantastic um probably one of my favorite bands one of the bands i've seen the most really um, surprisingly um it just sounds great and i don't know because i haven't read i haven't seen anything about it but this one feels a lot more organic in terms of the recording so similar to they had um, moved back hadn't they to using real equipment yeah, so I think the last record, which was the Violent Sleep of Reason, which was 2016, again, was all real amps um, and real drums. Um, so every other sort of record before then had been... In fact, actually, they might have done it on Colossus, which is um, which was 2012 might have been the start of that. But obviously a lot of the records before that, Obsen being the most... Um, obviously the ones that most people will know because it had the track bleed on it um is uh all programmed drums all um sort of like plug-in guitar basically and it does give it that really mechanical feel but i just don't know how they managed to make I, you know, I'll be quite honest, songs that are somewhat, to me, incredibly emotional, you sort of listen to it and you're just like, it's just beyond music in some ways. I don't really know how to describe it. Meshuggah really have this sort of profound effect on me more than almost any other band. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very, I find it very bizarre because their music is sort of 
I was talking to a mate about this who is really into them as well. I almost feel it like beyond heavy. Like I know it sounds like a really weird concept, but it's not like a you know when a band is trying to be heavy, right? Like, you know, like heavy metal or, or whatever, like you know, down tuned, and they just they sort of transcend that plane into this just sort of like other world of music, and you can see why they're just untouchable. You know, obviously they have spawned a million gent bands, and. <laughs> yeah. uh, yet no one can come close to how good they sound. Um, so I'd love to see what they use. They used I, I believe the it was it was Mesa Boogie that they'd moved back to, wasn't it, as, as an amplifier choice? I, honestly, I, I, it was I cannot Rex. remember. I cannot remember. I think when I've seen them live, they don't have any amps on stage. Live, they were using Axe Effects, so God knows what they're using in the studio. There was a shot of one of the guys in Meshuggah's studio, and it was just like one of the best-looking studios you know when you see those people that have got like amps on racks yeah and then they're all like connected with like a switcher and he had like 20 different amp heads and i'm like that is dead cool <laughs> um so yeah another, another great record worth listening to and another band F- that play ibanez as well yeah it's yeah, the, still- the m8 m uh m w k i can't remember the guy's initials is is it's that isn't it the well, interestingly, with Meshuggah, so one of the main guitar players left. Um, I think he went on like indefinite hiatus, basically. He didn't really leave, but I think was like, I need to take a break from the band. Um, and they've had another guy in called Pierre Nilsson, um, and he plays Stramberg. Really? He plays oh. an eight-string Stramberg, yeah. Um, so he's been the other guitar player for quite some time um in that bizarrely enough a brand that seemed to still be very popular but had a real peak of lots of people talking about them and then sort of lots of people not talking about them um still absolutely fantastic fantastic guitars and they do actually make i think they still make his um signature and i still love playing a strandberg when i get the choice but yeah interesting um interesting choice of uh Interesting choice of guitar. I've never got to play one. Never sat down with a Strandberg. I will admit that they're not really, you know, my my sort of, you know, uh, uh, obsessed with 60s Italian, you know, pawn shop guitars. The, the Strandbergs are slightly off off of my, my radar. But you have, of course, when the... Oh, I guess I did pick that one up, the Boss um, collaboration guitar. Um, it was Boss, wasn't it? It wasn't Roland Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, we did uh, Boss, um, the kind of synth um the synth guitar uh with that but yeah i mean you know as i think i've talked about before you sort of get um strandberg syndrome uh which is basically where you get so used to playing that sort of neck and that feel that trying to go back to a normal guitar feels very weird and after a while it feels very very comfortable um take does take a bit of getting used to not gonna Mm. lie but it does feel uh just really good to uh to play after a while i see i see okay well yes yeah, so hopefully i'll get to check one out uh check one out soon um it, i i want to talk about chicken pigs matt again it, with you um but first i realized there was one thing i wanted to mention about the reeves electro uh delivery that i got i didn't just get the uh the the black hat fuzz it turns out that marcus from reeves electro more than being a pedal nerd, he's a coffee nerd as his absolute number one. And so, oh, yes, good. so he's temp- sent me a pack of his own Reeves Electro Fuzztopia um, 
uh, espresso dark roast uh, coffee beans. Oh, yeah, does he actually own his own? Does he actually roast his own his own beans? Well, I, I have no idea. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, he, the, these ones were grown in the Congo, so you know, I, I didn't. I, you know, he's. Uh, we, we need to know, Marcus. You we know, need to know. I, yeah, I, I myself have become somewhat of a. Uh, coffee snob have you i guess you're in a good area brixton's pretty good i tell you when i went over to jd's he's in peckham and peckham is extremely good you've got a a couple of really lovely roaster what do we call them roaster roasteries roasteries yeah you've got a couple of lovely old spike is the one in peckham which is old spike old spike really i think of the sort of london roasters is up there as one of my favorites but i don't know what, what have you got in brixton uh, well, actually, I order my coffee beans from a small coffee roaster in Norwich. Uh, there's a coffee roaster. Uh, sorry, we're, we're going to coffee nerd out for two minutes here. <laughs> uh, I offer, if anyone listening who lives in the UK wants to order some nice coffee beans, I order mine from Wilkinson's of Norwich. Ah, you made me a, co- a um, cup of coffee with I Wilkinson's. Yes, yes, after my wedding. So they have been roasting coffee beans for 50 years, way before it's cool and trendy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they roast all of theirs on site. Um, pretty basic website, but you know, you order it and it turns up on time. And uh, yeah, they do a bunch of great stuff. So I, I tend to go for their. Obviously, London has Square Mile. That's probably one of the biggest ones. That's owned by James Hoffman. He's the big sort of coffee YouTuber uh, based in the UK. But lots of people are doing it. There's a really good place. Doesn't have a name. Doesn't have a website. In Camden, opposite Guitar Guitar in Camden. It's owned by a guy who's about 80. He's been roasting coffee beans for about 50 years. And it's just him. He's only open one day a week. And uh, yeah, you can you have to queue up forever. Wow! And uh, yeah, it's just some old fellow just roast coffee beans one day a week in the shop, uh, which is just covered in coffee. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but I think you know there's there's loads of great there's loads of great coffee. Well, yeah, there. I mean you talk about it being trendy. You know, my my partner Emma works it, it, it is working with uh, the Tate uh, museums at the moment, and they Tate do their own. Uh, coffee. They they roast their own coffee that you can only purchase at Tate. Uh, so that we're working our way through a bag of that at the moment. So I haven't got round to this Fuzztopia coffee, but I am, oh. I am excited send, about send, it. Send some my way. Send some beans my way. Yeah, I'm getting very into different grinds at the moment. And, Ooh, okay. And, and what works what works best, and trying to make the. I've got so many different coffee brewing methods, trying to work out the best the best way to brew different types of coffee. Uh, I um, like the on the Reeves Electro uh, bag. By the way, on, on the side of it, it says suitable for the following processes. And then has the logos of what you can do. So it has, um, uh, it has uh, an AeroPress. It has um, a cafetiere. It has a Telecaster. It has a coffee machine, a filter machine, and an amplifier, which is great. Oh, <laughs> excellent! Put pouring coffee in your amp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I love coffee. So yeah, Marcus, let us know where you get your where you get your beans and how you roast them. I'm oh, always keen. I'm exactly. always keen to know. Exactly. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I want to talk about chicken picks because, uh, you know, it's when I was doing my big pick-a-thon uh, a couple of years ago and getting loads of plectrums, they were a plectrum that I got. I bought I bought one of their packs, one of their packs of uh, their two, their standards, so it's just their 2.6 thickness. And I thought that they were, the, were, they were great, but I found them a little chirpy. And I, I think... I think at the time I was 
I was looking for things that were just a bit weirder. Um, and and now that I'm using a plectrum a lot more these days, and most of my bases have got flat wounds on them now, and I came across the, you know, I got my little pick box, and I came across this Chicken Picks 2.6, and I've barely put it down. Like, you know, and so it can be something as simple as a plectrum, or it can be an effects pedal, a plug-in, a guitar, a string gauge, whatever it is, and it just makes you sit and play for longer like something you know gets your creative juices flying and i I really found that these uh these chicken pick 2.6s and it's just all i've used for the last week or so and i i think i'm gonna have to get more because i can only find one from the pack so i'm gonna have to get an extra pack so i'm sure i will lose it soon but they're uh, they're fantastic and you you've used them for a long time you use the shredder is that right yes in fact it was funny that you put this on um on there joe because i thought you put it on there because i must have said to you that oh, i got right. some last week <laughs> um i bought some i bought some more um i bought some more last week so yeah i used the shredder 3.5 interestingly that's a, that's a big pick it is a big pick but i also bought about a month ago you know like all young uh budding guitar players that started being more serious about 10 years ago and was like, oh, Guthrie Govan's the best player on the planet. Got to play a Jazz 3. Um, So I bought some Jazz 3s and I'm so used to playing such a thick pick that I actually can't play guitar with anything else. I see. Um, And I I find them amazing. I think, yes, you probably don't get a whole lot of precision necessarily and, uh, you know, but for me, for chord stuff and... uh, Hendrixy thing and you know I, I just think they're great it's just like I've always said it's like an extension of your thumb realistically it's just got that real kind of like meaty attack to it and the, they last so long as well the, the polymer yeah. they're made out of they last ages and where they do wear they wear more to your playing style so they don't really get like thin like a nub they just kind of like edge out a little bit so they're kind of actually get better the more you use them so uh, i honestly highly recommend if you've not tried them after me talking about them for several years um (laughs) definitely try chicken pick i mean they are yeah if you go for the shredder 3.5 they are chunky that's the thickest Um, one they do because they do like some 2.1s 2.6 is the standard i think they do some 3.2s as well in their badass series you've gone for the heaviest one i i cannot remember now why I started using them. I, 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 I just, yeah, I'm trying to think back. It's like, where did I use them? Where did I get one? I think maybe I got one f- for free. Did we, we get we, some sent to us guitar we, nerds I, once? I don't think we ever got them for, for guitar nerds. No, um, we definitely didn't. Because when, when I started the pickathon. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling it. When I started my pick hunt, my massive pick hunt, loads of pick companies got hold of us and were like, oh, I'll send you samples, not chicken picks. I had to buy those. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're the ones I have ended up using, so that's good. But uh, Wow, weird. But yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've used them for ages and cannot look back. Yeah, um, yeah picks, I, you know, I guess it's one of those things you don't think about because you use the same one forever. Um, and, you know, you just kind of go, yeah, I'll just... But actually, you know, you can you can change your guitar a lot by what picks you play. Um, the only if, issue is, is now that I can't play anything else, I have to make sure I've got one everywhere I go. <laughs> and they cost uh, like twenty five quid for a set of three. So. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's not that much. I think it was 
15 euros or 15 pounds for three right, right like a fiver each but then they last so long i probably do that once a year yeah yeah I you see. know what's that one pint <laughs> in london <laughs> yeah it's uh, really the, <laughs> the equivalent of about 100 normal plectrums day <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um but yeah, no, chicken picks, awesome. They awesome. are very good. Now that that is, dear listener, that's all the time we've got on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, join us on Patreon. We're heading over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds to continue this discussion. You can become a Patreon supporter of Guitar Nerds for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, at the dollar tier, you get this episode ad-free and early. $5 gets you access to the Patreon special episode and the back catalogue. $10 gets you the lot plus i'll sing you uh i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode i might put in an extra tier where i'll support your local sports team you know for for 20 dollars a month or something <laughs> like that but find us on all your favorite social media platforms join the guitar nerds group on facebook and check out our instagram reels or tiktok i'm, I'm doing the tiktok thing now I don't, don't hate me don't hate me I, I i'm too old for it i know don't, but don't hate the player hate the game <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but check out uh, check out our instagram reels because I'm, we're doing all these little demos at the moment and they're they're really good they're really fun good ways to showcase all the random things that turn up on our doorstep anyway thank you for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell bye